Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. Good morning, everyone. Um, So um, I also kind of picked uh, verse 4 when I was uh, looking through Psalm 23. And Psalm 23 is pretty short, but I still had a a decently hard time picking out um, the verse that I wanted. Um, When I read Psalm 23, I think it can all be pretty powerful. Um, It's all a lot to think about. Um, But I think sometimes we initially gloss over parts... um, of the verse that we get used to. Uh, so at first when I read things like verse 4, which says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. You know, when I, when I, when I initially hear that, it's something, you know, that I've heard before. It's something, you know, that I grew up in church thinking about. And so I kind of just go past, right past it. You know, of course I'll fear no evil. Of course, you know, God's got me. Um, and I, and I, I think about other verses um, like verse 1, which we talked about last week, um, and when it says things like, I will lack nothing, or I already lack nothing. Um, and, and, you know, that one always strikes me. In, in the, part of it is probably because it's in the beginning, and that's when my most focused mind is there. But I, I also think it's because, um, you know, it's very powerful to sit back and say, you know, you don't need anything extra. You don't need, you, you're not lacking anything. Because right now, thinking about it from where I am, I definitely feel, I feel like I can think of things that I lack. Um, and, um, you know, when I take time, though, to sit back and, and think and meditate about why do I feel like I lack something? Why do I feel like I need more than what I have right now? Um, I think it's because I do fear evil. I think it's because um, I might not have verse 4, as well practiced as I thought I did. I, I think that if I'm honest with myself, that I fear about what's coming next. What's coming next um, in my life? Uh, what's coming next with my finances? Um, and, you know, there's a, there's a part of me that, that's frightened or scared, you know, and that's something a lot of us, especially in America, don't like to talk about and, and admit, is that, you know, we're afraid. Um, and you know, even going even further, um, thinking about, do I really believe that God's going to make me lie down in green pastures or that he's going to refresh my soul, like he talks about in verses 2 and 3? Um, so I, I guess what verse 4 means to me, or why it stands out to me, is because um, a life without fear um, is just kind of revolutionary to me. I, I think, I, personally, I've always lived a life fearing a little bit or having some form of anxiety, uh, worrying. Um, You know, I I know that we know that courage is action in the face of fear, but to actually live, like, without fear through God, I think um, it really just would change how we're dealing with things. Um, And and especially in our church today or in our, our Christian culture, if we could live and act and love each other without fear, what would that end up looking like? Um, so, you know, I, I know that, you know, I will fear no evil. It's something we say. It's something we say in the Christian community a lot. It's something that we talk about. Um, but I think that this verse, if we really take time, says so much. 
in so few words. Um, And that's why verse 4 stands out to me. Good morning. Just like Dakota, it took me a a little bit of time to figure out what I might say and which verse I might talk about and uh, more so dealing with the anxiety of I don't want anyone to think that uh, what I'm saying is really great or really not great. Either way, I want God to be heard. And so uh, talking to my dad on Friday and uh, we're just discussing a family friend that is on a ventilator and things aren't looking great. And so I just say, you know, dad, this just kind of sucks. Like I have known this person my whole life and this is really sad and dad goes yeah but we'll see him again and I'm like okay you know I hear you dad but like my emotions are feeling a little out of control on this this guy this guy helped me you know raise me if you you mom dad died that's where we were going Mark Scott was gonna take care of us and dad's like yep and he might die and I'm like okay dad that's very comforting thank you so in listening to him be so matter-of-fact and so logical in his feelings and thoughts of, of, of the end of times and what that may look like in heaven, and I just started thinking about um, Psalm 26 and saying, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Uh, another verse says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Um, I don't know about you, but I've never been in a time in my life where I thought, Thanks, God, for letting all these bad things happen. You're so great doesn't come out like that at the beginnings of times for me. Um, Obviously, hindsight is one of those most beautiful things in life as we look back and we're like, okay, I see what you were doing. Thank you so much. But there's not a lot of times in life that we think, oh, Mark may die and that may be God's like, so he loves us so much that he's going to let him die. He loves us so much that he's going to go, he has had a lot of strokes. And when he wakes up, he may not be the same person. And God goes, I'll take him. That's so hard. Death is not acceptable for us. It doesn't make sense for us. It is tragic in so many capacities. And I never look at death as a great thing for somebody. Or I never look at, think about heaven. I think like, oh yeah, when I die, that'll be great because eternity. But I don't think about it in the sense of like, God loves us so much that he gives us opportunities to see the tragedy and to see the the awfulness of life in in him loving us. He lets these things happen. He gives us these opportunities to see such greatness in him. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Like, what a gift could be if we thought of things in life as this is building us to this dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. These awful moments, these really tough times are building us to such a life of eternity with God where all of these things not only won't be, they won't matter, but we see it and we go, oh, that's what you were doing. You're building eternity. And when we think of life as it is today, it's not about us. It's not any moment in time is not about me. Every moment I go and I'm with my daughter, every moment is like, Oh, I just want you to see Jesus' face one day. And when I think and I follow that, and I think of this verse, it's like, man, it doesn't matter what we go through. You love me so much that you're giving me things in life that I get to dwell with you forever.
Thanks, thanks to um, my son, Dakota, and thanks to Maria for sharing. Great, great job. Thanks to Tierra if you're watching. Um, I, I, when you have to articulate, write down, or speak about what a verse actually means, there is power. Um, and you and I can move intentionally closer to to what uh to what Christ intends for us if we're willing to to do to do that kind of work um I, they did they did so great you know uh, I have a few short things i want to i want to i want to share with you um, we're going to do we're going to participate in something that we call communion together in just a moment um and if you're here with us in person then um there are some communion elements out in the lobby that you can use to participate with us I mean that the, the grape juice and a little cracker. Um, you can you can use those. Um, if you're at home, we'd love for you to get some um, something to drink and a little piece of bread to participate with us because um, this is this is going to be a covenant renewal time. And I'll say what that means in just a minute. Um, Maria did such a great job articulating. Uh, <laughs> What I like to say in regards to this, so uh, I just want to add a few thoughts onto what what she said. So I'll read it again. Surely goodness and mercy, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Um, so in ancient times, when two people would make a covenant together or make a promise together, um, they would define terms, and then they would seal the deal at the end of their of their of their promise making with a meal. Um, they'd sit down and have a meal together. And often, um, these, this, you know, this kind of commitment or this kind of covenant, um, it, it would be a promise to do what I, you know, do my part no matter what you do, no matter what other person does. So when Jesus was on earth, um, he made promises to his bride, the church, uh, about the kind, of, uh, the kind of husband he would be. And before he left the planet, he sealed the deal with a meal. And after... The supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And then he took some bread and thanked God for it. He broke off some pieces and gave them to the apostles and said, this is my body that I'm giving for you. Eat this to remember me. Um, the meal was supposed to cement in people's minds. Remember, you promised. Remember, you, you said it was, it was this moment where you were, you were having this intimate thing together um, and, and the meal that Christ intends for us to have when we meet together is, is a kind of designed as a renewal of our vows together. Um, remembering Christ's promise to us, um, remembering how reckless he was and loving us, um, pouring, out, pouring out his blood for us um, and, and then remembering what he promised um, and being inspired to do our part in the covenant. Being inspired to do our part in the covenant. Part of, part of, part of, uh, part of what he promised is this. Surely, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And you see the promise. Goodness and mercy will follow me, um, even even when I don't feel like it is, even even when I'm, I'm an imbecile and I don't deserve it, um, e- even even when uh, even when I act inappropriately, um, I can stay in His house forever. That's a promise.
It's like, it's like when you've gone on vacation to someone's house. Uh, you, you go, when I was growing up, the vacations we went on were always to relatives' houses. And so it's like going on that vacation, and then at the end of the vacation, you're leaving your relative's house, and they say something like, you're always welcome here. You can always come back. Come back anytime. This is what he's saying. You are welcome in my house forever. Forever. This is part of his covenant. And to better understand what it means, I want to, I want to take a look at just, just our role in the covenant, a covenant just for just a second. Um, all throughout Psalm 23, we're sheep, right? If he's a shepherd, we're the sheep. Um, I'm a sheep. So Philip Keller is an author uh, um, who's actually also an actual shepherd. He takes care of sheep. Um, and he wrote this book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. Super interesting to get his perspective on what he thinks this says. Um, far different than what I, you know, I would normally think. He, he, so in his book, he's amazed by the similarities of people and sheep. A couple, couple ways he brings up. He says, sheep are unable to take care of themselves, um, unable to survive alone. Uh, they require more investment than any other, any other, any other class of livestock, um, meticulous care, endless attention um, from the shepherd. Um, number two, um, they're defenseless against any real danger and must depend completely on the shepherd to rescue them. That sounds so familiar to me. Um, th- th- three, shep- uh, sheep become easily scared. They're scared easily. Um, when one sheep is scared, it will start running and then the rest of the flock will run even if they don't know what they're running from. Um, in some cases, sheep have run crazy off a cliff and all the sheep follow and the whole, whole flock is lost because they're running away from something they don't even know what they're afraid of. Number four, um, without the shepherd's guidance, sheep consistently wander off and find some way of getting into trouble. And then Keller says this, has this quote about sheep. He says this, it's no accident that God has chosen to call us sheep. The behavior of sheep and human beings is similar in so many, in, in many ways. Our mass mind, our mob instincts, our fears and timidity, our stubbornness and stupidity, our perverse, hab- our, our perverse habits are all parallels of profound importance. And the Bible confirms what, confirms what uh, Keller's thoughts are. He sa- it says this, we all like sheep have gone astray. Um, each of us have turned to our own way. Each of us have gone astray. And it, and it would be good for all of us to acknowledge that. Acknowledge it, and at least acknowledge you've got that tendency in you. To start with that. And like the author of the hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, I'm prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. The good news of Psalm 23 is surely goodness. I'm prone to wander, but surely, most confidently, goodness and mercy will follow me. I'm prone to leave the shepherd, but surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Mercy is when I get what I don't deserve. Instead of getting what I deserve for my wandering off again, I get his goodness. Like, like in my life, um, there have been many times when I've acted like, like an idiot in order to get my way. And, and, and so in my relationship with my wife, I'll be acting, I'll be acting that way to get my way. And, and, and you know, We've been married long enough where she's like, I don't care. <laughs> Fine, we'll do, it, we'll, do, we'll do it your way. 
And when I'm executing this thing that I've fought so hard to get, she'll show up and help me. That's mercy. I'm going to give you what you don't deserve, even though you've acted like a jerk. The Lord is like that. Goodness you don't deserve. He shows up when you've been terrible and you've insisted on your own way. That's the kind of goodness that follows me. But, but in the original language, in the original language, the word for follow is closer to chase. It's, so it's not like he's just, okay, here we go. I'm, I'm waiting for Daryl to get. He's chasing me. He's chasing me to find me and to bring me back. Surely your goodness and mercy will chase after me all the days of my life. And that's good news for sheep who are likely to wander away. He's not just passively following me. He's chasing me to bring me back. And his mercy is new every morning. It never, ever, ever runs out. Our mercy runs out, right? Me not giving you what you deserve runs out. Like if you push me hard enough, I'm I'm not going to give you what you deserve, but keep pushing and you might get what you deserve. So this reminds me of uh, uh, one time um, my son and and I, my my daughter, we were at a birthday party at a pool. It's a a hotel pool. And one of the girls kept splashing my son. And here's the interesting thing, though. Here's the interesting thing. She was fully clothed on the side of the pool and her parents didn't want her to get into the pool because she had just got her hair done. Black folks out there, you know what I'm talking about. You, you, she had just got her hair done. And so, but she thought it would be super funny to splash my son. And so I'm sitting back and I'm watching this and I'm like, and Dakota, my son was, you know, gracious enough to not give her what she deserved, but she kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. And then my son pulled her into the pool. And I think I clapped. I was like, yes. Mercy runs out. And then we will say, now you're going to get what you deserve. And Every one of us, that's what we, every one of us, we, you find the right thing in our lives and we will eventually give you what you deserve. Here is the, the, the mind boggling thing that Christ brings into our relationship is his mercies are brand new every morning. So you've been bad forever and he's not giving you what you deserve. And then the next day he starts over again. He's like, I'm still, I'm. Surely your goodness and your mercy will chase after me. And those of us who are Jesus followers, here's the good news. If you're really a Jesus follower, you will never, never get what you actually deserve in this lifetime or the next. You will never get what you deserve. His mercy is forever. Surely your goodness and your mercy will follow me all the days of my life and beyond. And beyond. Your goodness and your mercy never run out.
Listen to this. Listen to this story. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose you had a hundred sheep and loses, so, so suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Let me tell you something that um, I often need reminding of. You may think that you're the 99. You're not. You are not. You're the one. And he's chasing you. And he will not stop. We all like sheep have gone astray. And Jesus hints at this. He hints at this at, at the end of his parable, at the end of his story. Can't you see him like he's telling this story and he says over uh, 99 who don't need to repent. He's got this like kind of wry smile on his face looking at the Pharisees like you guys don't need to repent. Give me a break. Jesus. So brilliant. So powerful. And in this moment, the Pharisees, it's so tragic. So tragic. When we take communion together, Christ and I are renewing our vows. He says, Daryl, I promise you that goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. My mercy is new every morning. Goodness and mercy will chase after you even when you've pushed it, even when you've been inconsistent, even when you've insisted on your own way. I promise. And I say this. I submit. I submit to being brought back. When I've come to, when I've come to my senses again, I, I, I submit to being brought back. And the hope is that in the moment of communion, I come to my senses and I say, all right, bring me back to your house, Lord, and let me stay in it forever. Let me dwell with you forever. As you take communion together this morning, I pray that it'll be a moment of covenant renewal for you. Uh, maybe, you guys, maybe you guys have been to a, a, a wedding vow renewal ceremony where people who have been married for years get up and they say, I promise again. That is what we are doing each week when we get together to take communion, I promise again, you have my life. I promise again, this belongs to you. I promise again, I take you, Jesus Christ, to be my Lord, to be my shepherd, to be my savior, for you to do it, for you to take over, for you to be the one. I come back to you and I promise again, he is chasing you right now. He is chasing you right now. Would you allow Christ to bring you back? Let's pray together.
take communion and after communion we'll, we'll sing a song and close. Dear Father, this is our, our, our moments of covenant renewal with you uh, this week to today. Um, your mercies are new every morning. They do not run out. Even when ours runs out, your mercies don't run out. And so I pray that in this moment of covenant renewal, that, that certainly you, you don't need renewal. You're, you're, you're about your business every day, but uh, you would recommit, re-renewal to, uh, to, to chasing us, to putting up with our crap, to being about the business of bringing us back into the, into the, into the fold of your sheep pen and that we would recommit, which is you know, far more relevant, we would recommit to saying, yes, you are my shepherd. Without you, I don't have anything. And with you, I lack nothing. Surely your goodness and mercy will chase after us forever. And here's the, the very best part. We will dwell in your house forever. Let that be our driving passion in our hearts to get to that place. Like Maria said, that we would long for the moment where we can pass from this life and get to you. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on our church, visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com.